0: You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. Featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood Redefined. From Los Angeles, California. Streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood you're listening to black hollywood live and now the host for black hollywood live justice is served
1: Hello and welcome to today's episode of Justice is Served. It is January 13, 2016. My name is Chelsea Galicia and I am a workers' compensation attorney. I am joined by one co-host today, Shaka Smith. So today we got like a West Coast and East Coast perspective. I, born and raised here in L.A., uh, undergrad at UC Irvine, law school, Southwestern here, downtown LA. So I s- stuck really close to the coast uh, my whole <laughs> life. Uh, Shaka, on the other hand, born in Miami, undergrad at Princeton, law school in
2: DC. D.C. Yeah.
1: And then moved out here to pursue acting and fitness modeling, but did have experience in public defender's office with natural gas law, healthcare law. Yep. So uh, hopefully, we will provide you some really great analysis and perspectives on this week's legal issues in the news. Let's start off with Sandra Bland. Yeah. Uh, this. Story came out over the summer. She was somebody who was pulled over by a police officer, and it was caught on camera. And the officer who pulled her over, Brian Insinia, has just been indicted for a perjury charge. But I think that to get the best understanding of everything that uh, caused this situation, we should look at the video itself. Yeah. Uh, it's very clear. You can hear everything. You can see most everything. And so we're going to play a few minutes uh, for you now so you can get a sense of the situation, the context of the story that we're talking about.
0: Hello, ma'am. Uh, what it takes, time I'm told, the reason for your stop is you didn't fail. You failed to signal your lane change. You got your driver's license insurance with you?
1: Benign so far. Failure fine, to man. signal. Legit re- reason to pull her over. Seems
2: reasonable.
0: Okay, ma'am. You okay? I'm waiting on you. You, This is your job. I'm waiting on you. What do you want me to do? Oh, you seem very irritated. I am. I, I really am because I feel like this trap is what I'm getting a ticket for. I was getting out of your way. You were speeding up, tailing me. So I move over and you stopped me. So yeah, I am a little irritated, but that doesn't stop you from giving me a ticket. So. Five, three,
2: seven.
0: Uh, are you done? <laughs> you asked me what was wrong and I turned you. Okay. So now I'm done. Yeah. Okay. mind putting out your cigarette, please, if you don't mind? I'm in my car, but I have to put out my cigarette.
2: Well, you can step on out now.
0: I don't have to step out of my step
1: car. Step out of
2: the car. See, I... I don't get that moment right there. That's where it breaks yeah. down no, for you? Yeah.
0: Step out of the car. You do not have the right yeah. to do that. I do have the right. Now step I out or I will remove I you. I refuse to talk to you. Well,
2: you to and
1: it's not myself. clear step who's right in that moment about does he have a, a right to pull her out or not. Step
2: out. I mean, in, in, I in my estimation, I think it's quite clear that he has no right to pull out of the car. Get out of the car
0: now or i'm going to remove you and i'm calling my i'm going to yank you out of here okay you are going to yank me out of my car yeah none of
2: the actions past right. writing the ticket
0: let's, let's, i believe are warranted yeah, going to. yeah. Don't, don't touch me get don't out of the touch. car don't touch me i'm not clearly by now, now at this point you the you situation has
1: deteriorated for yeah what? 25 for what? 7
2: county fm and
1: he did call for backup unit. So he did do that he right did But, did but perhaps did. at that point he should have just the car, now. Pulled back and waited to For a of back. to
2: come said, yeah, absolutely. Of the
0: car. Why am I being apprehended you I'm going to drag car you door. out of here So you're going you're gonna to drag me out of my own car Get out of the car right. And then you I will light me? you up Get out wow. Now Get out of the car Get over there Right, yeah, But look at the yeah, attitude. To it just is Let's uh, it's,
2: it's not
1: cool. cool.
2: Her attitude? Yeah. Well, I think she's rightfully frustrated at what seems like a, a very dubious thought to begin with.
1: I mean, do we really down. have to legislate put being you know, polite and, right and decent to a police officer? Uh, put your phone down.
2: Uh, I think you're allowed to be frustrated as an American on the roadways. You're allowed to be frustrated as anybody who's, who's felt harassed yeah, by you, you good
0: about uh, This right is so
1: uh, obnoxious. Yourself? You feel good about yourself say, no, you right now. This is not helping anything.
2: I, I, I think she's frustrated. I, I think what, we're, le- lead, we're black legally, black black legally black black allowed to be frustrated. We're legally allowed to, white white you know, express these the kind of feelings. Why you tell me that
1: part? I'm giving you a law for to turn around. It's not around. always right not to do what you have a right to do. I didn't make that
2: up. But it's a good one it's fitting here. Are you
0: fucking kidding me? This is some bullshit.
2: I mean...
1: I mean, they're both escalating the situation.
2: That's, uh, y'all is. Scary uh, fucking South that, that's like telling a victim because they screamed they escalated the situation. I, I don't think screaming uh, about if the wrong is being you. placed upon I
0: was you. Stop moving. Are you fucking serious? Stop here? moving. Oh, I can't wait till we go to court. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait till we go to court. And, of course, you can't I wait to go to court, wait. but a few days wait. later, she's down dead.
2: Down Right. No. Well, you going
0: to throw me to the floor. That'll make you feel better about the okay. okay. I think uh-huh. that is enough.
1: You. I mean, the video goes on for several more minutes, more minutes but I think that is the crux of it. So she's taken to jail mm-hmm. and three days later is found dead in her jail cell. It has been ruled a suicide. She was found with a plastic bag around her neck that she had hung herself, which is kind of bizarre to me that plastic bags are allowed in jail cells. Yeah. But, all right. So then... Clearly, there was a lot of attention on this case. Um, did she really kill herself? Her family insists that she would never do such a thing. That she had actually, when she got pulled over, had just accepted a job offer. She was very excited yeah, about it. And clearly, things. in the
2: video, she's saying, you know, in the future, I'm going to sue. I'm going to, let's see what the court has to say about this, you know?
1: Right, so the family and her friends think that it is totally against her character to do something like to kill herself. And so uh, this was taken to a grand jury to see if the uh, officers in the jail did anything wrong. They did not check on her at the appropriate time intervals, but that was not something... Yeah, and that's far
2: afield from murder. Um, It was very dubious circumstances to me. However, there was definitely not enough evidence to point at any particular person to say that a murder occurred and this was a setup.
1: So I see this as sort of two pieces. The fact that she ended up dead, yes, is related to this stop because, you know, it was what caused her to go to jail. But I see the scene at the uh, pulling, getting pulled over. That's more,
2: I mean, at least from what we have available, that's very troublesome to me.
1: So to me... It was troublesome on on both parts. The officer was indicted for perjury Mm -hmm. because apparently in his report, he said that he removed her from the car because she was combative and uncooperative. Now, the Supreme Court has said that an officer can order a driver to get out of the car if it's in the officer's interest of officers' safety. Safety, exactly. So when the Supreme Court says that, though, it pretty much is like a blanket approval of an officer's ability to do something.
2: Except when it's not. And I think in this case, you see, at least for me, very clearly, he says, would you mind putting out your cigarette, please? She refused to do so, and his next sentence is, get out of the car. Well,
1: now you get out of the car. Okay, but here's the So it was almost
2: a retaliatory tactic because she didn't put out the cigarette, I didn't see anything that related to her safety. Well, listen,
1: when uh, you can see from the video, he's on the driver's side window. They're very, you know, close. Their mm. heads are close. So if somebody is smoking in my face, that's not making my job easier. That's not making maybe I can't see as well. But would you
2: describe it as his face when he's standing and she's in her car?
1: I mean, he has to bend over in order to communicate with her. I think. So the, I think they're close enough. They're within three feet of each other. I th- and somebody else raised the point that you know it just. You know, you can reach out really fast and put a cigarette in somebody's face or on their arm I or could something. I can
2: reach out and grab my key and cut the guy. if he tell me to remove my key from the ignition? Or I could take my cell phone and chuck she it at him. He could ask. But, uh, I don't think these are things. But that's not what he asked for. Exactly. And I don't think these are things that if you're not complying with them because they're not anything that you're legally obligated to comply with, that should necessitate the removal from your car. Especially when there's no safety concerns I th- regarding it, I,
1: I, I think that you can tell within the situation that there is an escalation. She's she's very upset, and I think at first he tried to help alleviate. It, it by acknowledging, you seem upset. Like, that's a very validating thing to do is to acknowledge the way that somebody appears. You, have seen, you, you, you seem upset. And mm-hmm. then gives her the space to express that frustration. And it wasn't so cool when he was like, okay, now are you done? That, that kind of invalidates. And given
2: that her frustration was in relationship to what she believed was a forced stop. She believed they forced her to make a move on the road illegally in order to stop her. And so, if that's where her frustration arises, I understand it. And I think an officer who is in the process of writing a ticket should understand it. What I don't get is you're writing the ticket, give it to her, and go. But he simply didn't like that she didn't comply with that order, and he retaliated against her. I
1: think that the situation had been building up. Then, you know, this, the cigarette thing, it, it's questionable. I mean, probably not a threat to his safety. Yeah, but of course not. I wouldn't want somebody smoking in my face, and maybe that's why but I. But not
2: a threat to safety.
1: Perhaps. That's where it if is pretty murky. the officer not
2: like what you're wearing. I mean, it, it, but that's
1: totally uh, different. I mean, when we talked about this before, you were saying that you don't have to comply with every officer's request. Yeah, and no, you were yeah. trying to bring up something like, what if they asked you to do something illegal or wrong or, you know, yeah. perform oral sex? And I'm like, but that's not what he asked. He asked something to do with, related to but, the stop. Can we get through the stop a little uh, easier, better without cigarette but smoke?
2: But where do... We- but that's the officer's prerogative, and so I'm, what I'm trying to say is, where do we draw the line when an officer asks you to do something you are not legally obligated to do?
1: When it's reasonable, I think that's the tough thing. It's and
2: who is it reasonable for? Oh and my so, gosh! I so mean, this
1: is so this is so crazy. We have to legislate. Yeah, it's it's uh, illegal to smoke when an officer asks you to put out a cigarette. I mean, really, that's what we want our legislatures taking uh, the time to do. Can't we just be well, reasonable and respectful? Both people are frustrated. Well, maybe not right, yeah, you have, to, you have to realize
2: this is all coming from what she believes is a forced stop. She believes he sped up behind her, and so when she switched lanes to get from behind him, he gave her a ticket for not using a signal. So w- when we're talking about reasonability and kindness, and I don't think you're talking about basic issues of respect here. You're talking about someone who's using his position of power to create a stop and then using that position of power to further victimize this woman.
1: So you're saying that she failed to use her signal... When he was already pulling her over.
2: Yeah, her, what she's alleging in that video is that he sped up behind her. You know, sometimes a cop will speed up behind you because they're going after someone else or for, for some other reason, and she quickly shifted lanes without signaling because she tried to make quick room for the officer who was speeding up behind her. And then he pulled her over for not signaling the lane change. I
1: think if she... I, I didn't even get that the first time I heard this. I yeah. think if she was a little more... I don't want to say respectful, but maybe kind of just different in her tone. She wouldn't have gotten herself worked up, then he wouldn't have responded in kind, and then it just kept going on and on. You were what? telling me earlier about another example where you had this. Well, small yeah, situation. and I, I
2: think it, I think it's different when you've been through it. And I think I, you know, on the East Coast, I'd been stopped several times for no reason whatsoever. In
1: like what span uh, of time?
2: Oh, I'd say in like a year period, maybe seven times. No, All right, no that's a reason, lot. Which was a high amount. Well, every <laughs>
1: time it was no reason, you never got a ticket?
2: Never got a ticket. And so no what re- did they
1: sell, tell uh, you when they pulled you over?
2: Oh, oh you were driving too slow, or you driving too fast, but I'll give you a warning. And I'm looking at my speedometer the entire time. And so one time I got a little testy with the officer. I said, I have no idea why you pulled me over. Because uh, they always start with, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, I have no idea, but I've been stopped several times, and at this point I'm used to it. And did you
1: say it in that tone?
2: Oh, I, I was a, a little bit feistier actually, because I was really exasperated at this Because point. I was going to say, if it's I was in that just, tone. oh no, I was, yeah, I was very exasperated and I was just like, you know, and I, I knew I had everything right. My insurance was good. My registration was good. I followed the rules of the road. So I, I was really ready to take him to task, but in a way that would not put me in jeopardy. Um, and I think once he saw that tone for me, as I'm playing out my license or registration very kind of like angrily, he just says, it's all right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And what a relief, almost like a vindication. Like At least he realized he stopped me for no reason and kind of went back. But I can only imagine for Sandra Bland, who might have had similar situations in the past, that that's where this exasperation and frustration was coming from. And that exasperation and frustration should not lead to her being arrested and certainly not So her let death. me
1: ask you this. Did you, any of the times that you were pulled over and thought, mm-hmm. not didn't think anything had any validity to it, make any complaints against the police department or the the office or anything? Uh,
2: No. I mean, I I wish I had, but, you know, I was young and I was just in the moment of, you know, law school and running around, and, you know, so you're not thinking about making complaints to the, to the um, actual precinct. I was just happy that the officer recognized I wasn't in any trouble. I mean, it is trouble.
1: annoying, but if, the, if this is true, and she had a pattern of being pulled over, although I feel I thought I heard in the story that she was in an area that she was not normally in because of this I know she had a interview. new job there. Yeah. 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 So, but if there is a pattern of this, yeah. you know, you can complain about it, and then it would make more sense to me, perhaps. Perhaps I'm only looking at this one scenario and yeah. that's why to me the disrespect and sort of combativeness in her tone it just it's just not cool even though she may have been legally allowed to give him attitude and to smoke
2: yeah. it's just in her own car she's smoking in her own car
1: yes but when prior we, to the officer when game. we <laughs> drive on the road we give police permission to pull us over if they see that we've done something wrong. Yeah. And we know that they're going to come to our window. We're prepared for it. This, you know.
2: I, think that, I think we have to be very careful with that attitude of compliance to a degree. Yes, you should follow police officers' orders. Yes, you should be polite to them. They are there to help you in general. That should be the idea you take with you. But when you don't have that, if you're not faced with that particular situation, I think that idea of compliance, I think we talked about that last case where these women were sexually assaulted and complying with the officer. But I think it's that mindset that if I do not comply, here is the outcome. And here in the situation, she didn't comply and she ended up dead a few days later.
1: It's not even the compliance so, so much that is the biggest issue. It's just the overall, you know, tone, attitude, not... I mean, she could have and i hate to you know to say this about somebody who is now passed but i just want to use it in as, as an example that we could be respectful to police officers whether or not we agree with the reason why they oh, pulled yeah. us over and it will do well for us not just because we won't end up dead but because this would this is going to make life Better, easier. If there's something really wrong, you go and you complain about it. And I know if there's nothing that gets done after you enter complaint, after complaint, complaint, then I would understand frustration. But I'm just...
2: I mean, I i, I usually agree that you should be polite to just avoid like, harsher consequences. It's not even
1: to avoid but, harsher consequences. Yeah. It's just to be a civil human being. But when you
2: go from, would you pull out your cigarette, no, I'm not going to in my own car, to remove yourself from the vehicle, it, that to me is... Yeah.
1: And so that reason that he gave for pulling her out of the vehicle, a grand jury found, was not true. Yeah. It seems that the grand jury thinks that he pulled her out because of her failure to re- respond to this request. I mean, the way he posed yeah. it was a request, would you mind putting out the yeah. cigarette, rather than I'm ordering you to put out the cigarette, and which I'm wondering if that would have turned into a different and result.
2: Of, yeah, of course, in his testimony, he said that he did so for his safety and the safety of the search and the which grand jury which is the right
1: language to use to use, use yeah. yeah and
2: the grand jury simply did not believe it and i think the grand jury got it right and i'm glad they did that there's a little bit of justice for sandra bland in this whole this whole mess
1: yeah i think this was a little um i mean this case got so much uh focus because of the fact that she ended up dead, dead.
2: and i think this was, she was almost not like a, yeah uh
1: then this would not have have happened yeah. i don't think that he, I I don't know. And then there's the other side of the story where this is not justice. A woman ends up dead and an officer gets a misdemeanor perjury charge and faces maybe a year and a $4,000 fine. Yeah. This is not justice. So I, um, I would tend to agree that this is not really justice for her death because I, I personally have a hard time believing that she killed herself over this. Yeah. That's just my sense. But we don't have any evidence to strongly point otherwise.
2: Yeah. So...
1: All right. Well, another uh, police shooting story that we have. This one in L.A. occurred in May. And this happened in Venice Beach. A LAPD officer was called to help out with a homeless man who was, I guess, being disruptive outside of a bar or something. So uh, officers were called the guy ends up on the ground on his stomach and um, goes to apparently push away from the ground maybe to go to stand up when one of the officers opened fire shooting this unarmed man in the back so this is I mean, it should be noteworthy because this should not happen often, but it's not noteworthy because it doesn't happen often. What is noteworthy about this case is that the police chief, Charlie Beck, has come out to encourage charges against this officer. What do you think of that?
2: Well, I I mean, I thought that was, in a a way, a breath of fresh air because, you know, the police are... It's nice to see police identifying behavior that's wrongful and saying you should be legally culpable regardless of the fact that we're both police and I'm not going to just shelter you and protect you. I'm going to call you out when you are, in fact, wrong. So
1: I do respect that also. Yeah. I do... There, the defense to this case is kind of interesting and deserves some uh, time to discuss. <laughs> uh, so when the officer who fired pulled the, the trigger, apparently his partner didn't have any idea why he shot him and said, why'd you shoot him? Yeah, And... The officer who shot is defending him now, saying, even though my partner didn't realize it, this guy was going for his gun.
2: Mm. And then the video, that we do have some video, we don't have it here to show, unfortunately, but the video, many people said, did not show that to be the case. Right.
1: So I, I that's an interesting defense. I was protecting my partner, even though he didn't realize didn't know
2: that that he was in
1: danger. Uh, pretty and creative, if you ask me. I think
2: the irony is that a lot of people have been voicing their... Um, uh, objections, uh, yeah, objections, come. yeah, over this because they're saying the police chief should not get directly involved with the DA. Uh,
1: oh, but the police yeah. chiefs come out all the time, and
2: that's what I, on the when it's usually, yeah, and, yeah. When it's on the flip side, they welcome it, you know, so. and they
1: and they wonder where the leadership is if the uh, police chief doesn't, doesn't say, say something
2: exactly. So
1: yeah, sometimes these people can't win.
2: Double edged sword.
1: And the other interesting thing about this case is that both the officer and the victim were black. So yeah. do you think that this will help make take the race issue out of it because both of the people involved were of the same race?
2: I think it softens it, but uh, I think it was not just about white cops shooting black um, people. It was about police shooting black people, treating black people differently. And no matter what race you are, when you like when you become a police officer, I think that culture and that environment sets in your mind. So that you respond differently to people based on their race.
1: Right. I think uh, I, we saw that uh, sort of all of us thought if we saw straight out of Compton when you saw the even black officers talking to the. The NWA crew, like very derogatory. Yeah, it's a
2: group think mentality that I think um, takes hold. So it's not necessarily about a white officer and and a a black um, person, but it's just about the police police. and how they're dealing with black people.
1: All right, so it will be interesting to see. Um, The prosecutor has not yet decided whether charges will be filed. That will be forthcoming, and we will, of course, let you know. All right, so moving on to an interesting... Story Sean Penn, the actor, became a journalist. I had never heard that he was a journalist before.
2: Surprise to me, but he's been doing a lot of humanitarian work. So yeah, might political fall activism. Under. Yeah. So
1: it's not too far astray, but it is interesting. So he, uh, and there's no real, like, that I know, like licensing requirement, like how we have to have yeah, that for attorneys. to be attorneys. a journalist, right? Yeah. So he, you know, became a journalist at least for a situation or for a story or for what have you and interviewed the. Drug cartel leader, El Chapo, mm-hmm. who has twice escaped a Mexican prison. And about six months after escaping prison, uh, Sean Penn interviewed him. Yep. And then he was caught uh, subsequently. There's word that it was because— It
2: might have been because of, <laughs> of the actual interview that yeah, El Chapo— Right, because
1: <laughs> the communications were intercepted, and yeah. that's how law enforcement found him okay, fine, that may or may not be true. The big issue became whether there should be any legal consequences for Sean Penn for communicating with and interviewing uh, a you know, dangerous drug lord who is on the run from the law. Yeah. So is there any potential legal consequence that you can see for Sean Penn?
2: Well, not off the bat. We have this wonderful protection of the First Amendment, which is great. And um, so journalists are allowed to interview fugitives so long as they provide them no material aid or, you know, nothing material to help them
0: with no their cause of yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: of um, misplaced freedom. Um, so, yeah, so unless Sean Penn provided him anything. And what he provided him could have been small. It wouldn't have had to be a big provision. If it was a $50 or, you know, money in any way or anything that would help him um, be of material value to continue his freedom. Um, that would constitute um, a violation. But it doesn't look like he's done that in this case so far and again it's Sean Pence that you would think he would have consulted someone in the legal field before he went for this interview.
1: Yeah, I mean I couldn't find anything that would uh. warrant him being charged with anything. I, I think if you want to have a problem with it, your problem is going to be ethical or moral, but it's not, it's not really legal. Journalists aren't not required, or or citizens. Even mm-hmm. citizens are not required. Like if you happen to find out where El Chapo is, yeah. there is no responsibility on you to go to law enforcement and tell them yeah. that you you know overheard something. Uh, some people think that they, they should be required to, but but as of the law right now, we're not. Nobody is obligated to come forward.
2: And I think it's a good rule, especially when. If criminals know this and they decide to take advantage of it, and we have a situation where it looks like it may have helped to even capture him, you know so
1: right so there there is a, a maybe a moral dilemma here about whether you would do it, but it is really interesting, so he he interviewed him, and part of the interview was done sort of through video uh, conferencing where or not even a, a conference, but Sean Penn had sent questions. And El Chapo answered them on video. And they were about, you know, what was your childhood like and trying to understand, I think, what makes him tick. Yeah. And I, I found that that was really fascinating. So this just wasn't like, I want to know about all the millions or actually billions that he might be worth. I think he's yeah. estimated to be worth like a billion dollars. Well, I think
2: this was a view to maybe doing some sort of biopic or some sort of yeah documentary style. Right, and
1: that in the end... Um, Of the Rolling Stone article, which I have not read. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. That what I heard is that he actually comes to see El Chapo as not this villain that we have all either made him out to be or understood him to be. That the problem with drugs is more America's fault than El Chapo's fault. (laughs) Um, What do you think about that?
2: Well, I I haven't read the interview, so.
1: (laughs) But what do you think about just the premise that Al Chapo is not the, the real reason for the murders and the drug trade, that it's Americans and our appetite for the drugs? So this <laughs> sort of points the fingers back on America. And I kind of like this sort of conversation because I'm a big proponent of personal responsibility yeah. and not everything do we have total control over. But I, I, I do think that there is a big part of the problem that we as Americans can take responsibility for.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, if if you're using, you're using, right? <laughs> you know, so that's one re- thing. But then if you if you look at the, the laws of the U.S. and you talk about legalizing um, drugs to any degree, then obviously that hurts the cartels and it hurts people like El Chapo. So it, it's a kind of fabric that's a weave that kind of... Dictates who's responsible.
1: Yeah. And I, I just think that for me, this part of the story is more interesting than whether Sean Penn did something wrong. Yeah. And I kind of wish that the conversation would turn to well, he brings up a very interesting, albeit very controversial, assertion that maybe America should take some responsibility for its part in the murders, killings, deaths, problems that have uh, occurred in the United States and Mexico because of our. Appetite to buy these well, drugs. I don't know if
2: I agree with that. Oh, in terms please of, tell me why not. Why well, I wouldn't I mean? I wouldn't talk about responsibility for the murders. And I mean, these people are perpetrating these murders. They're coming into towns and they're killing people and they're threatening people um, as a result of their drug trade. Um, so when we talk about partially over-
1: because it's illegal, and if oh, it were yeah. not illegal, and that's we're partly responsible for that in the elective.
2: And I think that's like officials. an academic argument. But when we talk about responsibility, they're just, they're responsible. <laughs> they're the ones killing people. Um, So when I I talk about responsibility in that way, they're responsible 100%. Now we have an academic argument about what fuels people's motivations and how things would look if things were a different way. That's another thing to me, but yeah.
1: Hmm, Very interesting. (laughs) All right. Well, I would definitely love to hear your thoughts on that. As always, you can tweet me at Chelsea Galicia and Shaka at... Shaka Strong. All righty. So let's move on to the big, ginormous Powerball potential winners. Do
2: you have your tickets? Well, I got mine. So. I'm
1: not a Powerball player. I'm not a lottery. I've never played the lottery. Have you?
2: Uh, intermittently, the big, the big ones, you know.
1: Okay. <laughs> so I think what is it? You have like a one in two hundred some odd million chance of winning.
2: Listen, the odds may be stacked against me, but hey. But you have a better chance. <laughs> but than I, I know for a fact this one is the one. Okay, so. <laughs> great. All right.
1: So everybody's been talking about this yep. record size Powerball uh, jackpot: one point five billion dollars. And there are, of course, some legal consequences to this, Um, specifically for people who buy a ticket with another person or other people. So did you buy yours just by yourself? By
2: myself, I already know the consequences can be too great if you go in on a pool or promise anyone any share of the winnings, so yeah.
1: Right, okay, so you want to break that down for us about uh, what you should know if you did buy your ticket as part of a pool?
2: Yeah, there's so many legal repercussions if you buy as part of a pool, so I would tell anyone out there as part of a pool, document, document, document. Um, the most Document imp- what? Everything. Who's in the pool? How much they pay to be in the pool? What their percentage of the payout will be? And even if you take a picture of the ticket so that people know what the numbers are, um, you don't want to keep any of that stuff secret to yourself because you don't want to have the pool tickets and then your tickets, and people have you ac- accuse you of swapping in or swapping out. Um, another thing to notice um, or to to pay attention to if you're an employer, make sure you're using your personal funds and not your business funds to buy into an office pool. And um, in some states, they do pay out multiple people. So in New York, they'll pay out up to 10 people. But if you're in other states, you might want to form an LLC and then receive the money as an LLC and then pay out from the LLC.
1: So basically, you should have, like, if you win, mm-hmm. a tax attorney and, like, a corporate attorney, yeah. like, they Just should at be the your very first two phone calls. Like, Absolutely. don't even call your family. Yeah. Um, I saw a really interesting article from Mark Cuban about advice that he had to Powerball winner or any lottery winner. Like, yeah. go see a tax attorney.
2: First thing. Absolutely. Don't go out
1: and like splurge and buy everything and anything in sight. And in, in fact, the best thing to do is like not change your lifestyle at all, yeah. at least for a while. Exactly. And uh, and when people start asking you for money, that you can say and you should say no. Yeah, and it sounds <laughs> kind of like a dick move, but it's actually. Just for people, and I could go on and on about this because, you know, as executive director of the Financially Fit Foundation, I have an opinion or two on the kind of advice that uh, people should follow when they come into large earnings or any money, really. Of course.
2: And we're fortunate enough that in California, they do not tax lottery winnings, so we get to keep more of our pie here. So
1: lucky you. Yeah. All right. What are you going to share with me?
2: Oh that was it. You're
1: going you going to share with me any of oh. your winning even though even though I didn't.
2: It, no legal obligation to, but, <laughs> but I made just <laughs> give you a couple dollars. Thank
1: you. Thank you. I've, I I since we have that, you know, recorded, I mean, I wonder if that's legally binding. All right. Well, best of luck, Shaka, on your power. When do we find out?
2: Tonight? Oh, tonight, ooh, yeah.
1: Okay. All right. And good luck to any of you out there who may have purchased the uh, Powerball. Lottery ticket winning or not. Uh, Either way, we will be back next week.
2: Regardless of if if I win.
1: Okay. All right. I mean, maybe we'll take the show to some like private island that you own.
2: You got it. All
1: right. Cool. (laughs) And we'll be back next week with BJ, who will rejoin us. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll catch you next time for another episode of Justice is Served.